you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. look at how your divisional playoff presented by Intuit TurboTax looks heading into Texas Ravens. That's your kickoff, if you will, Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Then it's the Green Bay Packers and Matt LaFleur heading to play his former boss, Kyle Shanahan, in the Bay Area to take on the San Francisco 49ers, 8.15 p.m. on Saturday. Sunday at 3, Baker and the Bucks head to Detroit, second week in a row. The Lions host a playoff game. And then, of course, where our conversation goes now at 6.30 on Sunday night, this weekend, Chiefs road game Mm -hmm. against the bills mm. you can visit nfl.com slash schedule for all the ways to watch until then welcome inside good morning football presented by old trapper beef jerky live in new york city it's wednesday january 17th i'm Janie at all there's kyle brant peter schrager and jason mccordy jason how does your prep look ahead of a weekend like this in terms of you assigning couches tvs are you calling a game on the radio nope, talk to no, us no game i'll be at home okay to a couch for you. watching Great. football not as many games to prepare for but these are the good ones. This is what we go through all the season to get to the teams that are left. I am fired up for this. You know I'm a sports media wonk, if you will. I love the numbers. I love the ratings. Uh Sunday night, Lions versus Uh Rams hit about 40 million Uh on NBC at one point. One of the highest games, non-Super Bowl, we have seen in recent years. Does Bills Chiefs top that? 6.30 p.m. Eastern, freezing cold weather on the East Coast. Everybody bundled by the fire and the flame, and then Mahomes and Allen on our television sets. Could we get a better game and a better moment divisional round? I cannot wait for this. This is really good. I think it's going to beat some Super Bowls. I really It could. It It could. Come on. And Jim Nance saying hello, friends, as you come on the air, and it's just a beautiful hum of his voice. (laughs) Uh, CBS will be thrilled with that number, Peter. Time for the lead block. You have to go to that game. My goodness. It's already the best weekend of football. We have decided that as a collective. On top of that, it's Mahomes, it's Allen, part seven. This series right now is split three and three. Uh, the number is pretty even between these two star quarterbacks. Uh, we've seen the friendship develop uh, practically on screen. People feel like they're a part of it. You love to watch the talent, especially when it goes head to head. Let's just take a look at our first uh, look at this, our inspection. Kyle, mm-hmm. what pops off the page to you when you start clicking around on this game? Well, we have four great games, okay? I don't know if Texans-Ravens will be remembered. I don't know if Packers-Niners will ever be looked back on. Whatever happens in Chiefs-Bills will always be remembered and studied and educated for young people. It's the history. It's the history that we started the show with. It's the history we're going to talk about all week. Uh, this is an important franchise, and I mean that as a franchise, as like as a movie franchise. Chiefs-Bills, Mahomes versus Allen. I was asked yesterday, is this the new Brady versus Manning? And maybe. It's close to it. Now, there's some other people. There's, there's Burrow, and then there's Lamar waiting. But Josh Allen will be asked about this game for the rest of his life, whether he wins it, whether he loses it. Patrick Mahomes, here's the thing about this division, about this, this rivalry. We just saw it. Three and three, right? Mm-hmm. 
There's a whole big asterisk on it that, like, okay, the Bills get them in the regular season. Yeah. They're 3-1. Yeah. and one. And it's every time they beat the Chiefs in the regular season, it's always like, we'll, we'll see you at the end of the year. And, and we'll, that's great. You can have Fine. your little victory. You can do it here. You can do it there. We'll see you at the end of the year. And I just feel like this is a massive, massive deal for Allen, for the Bills, because if the Chiefs get this one again, mm. and now it's like, not only did we get you again, we went to your cute little Western New York location and all your snow and all your tables and all your wings, and we beat you again. Years ago, when Josh Allen felt like a different person, I asked him, I'm like, how much do you think about that title game loss? This was in the offseason. And he didn't even bat an eye. I said, every single day I think about it. Every day. He's a little more guarded with the media, and I think he's a little more candid then. They were going to go to the Super Bowl. It was going to be the Bills in the damn Super Bowl, like it's back in 1991. They lost. They haven't been back there since. I just think it's these two teams, these two players are inexorably linked. They always will be. Josh Allen, for the rest of his life, will be asked about Mahomes' questions. He still gets constantly asked about Chiefs' questions, lost in the playoffs questions. You got to have this one. You got to have it. And I know there's things with their defense, and they're banged up, and this and that. This is probably the most vulnerable Chiefs team that they've faced in this generation? Probably. You got to have this one. You're at home. It's the history. It's the present. It's the future. It's not the last time we're going to do it, but it's one of the most important times if you're Buffalo. Got to have this one at home if you're Buffalo. And to your point, I look at the journey, and not going all the way back, but the journey of the Buffalo Bills of this season. And I go back to when these two teams matched up. That was in week 14. And I remember going into that game, Shrek sitting right in his seat, said that the Buffalo Bills had a 14% chance to make the playoffs. Right. And at that time, we're like, the Buffalo Bills are damaged. Like, they don't look like the same team. They have so much going on. The head coaches in the media saying things. There's dive pieces being written about him, and they're saying he needs to get out of there as a head coach. From this point on, when the Buffalo Bills won this football game, they have not lost since. Mm. Six straight games. This started their playoffs because at this point, if they lost a game, it was going to continue to dip to we were going to be in single digits of a Buffalo Bills team making the playoffs. From this point on, not only did they make the playoffs, they won their division, they became the number two seed, mm. and now they are hosting in the divisional round against the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that you just talked about, of the story of those two quarterbacks going against each other. What I look at is, in that matchup, it was a whole lot of Josh Allen and James Cook. Going into this game, are we going to see the same? There's a proud Kansas City Chiefs defense, mm -hmm. and yes, it was a close game, and there are a lot of things that happened, but it was so fun watching James Cook just blow up, and it was catching the ball, it was running the ball, and I want to see what that looks like, because for the Kansas City Chiefs, there was no Isaiah Pacheco in that game. They didn't have their lead dog and their running back, yeah. so I look at the journey of both of these teams, because neither one of them were at the very top of what we have become accustomed to seeing them over the last mm -hmm. few years, but that game started the journey for the Buffalo Bills to get to where they are this week and in the divisional. It was the playoffs for, for that team mm -hmm. that day, and they have been rattling off victories every single week, and their reward is this game finally being at home. I swear, I, I, the first thing I think of is, mm -hmm. if Tony's not offside, this game's an arrowhead. Kadarius Tony. If Tony's yeah. not offside, if you do the math, how this all works out, if the Chiefs win this game and the Bills lose this game, this game is going back to Arrowhead. Arrowhead is hosting the divisional round, and who knows, maybe the, uh, the, the, the path to the entire playoffs goes through the AFC if C.J. Stroud takes care of the Ravens this week instead of it going through Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Mahomes furious that day, was super vocal, and first time we'd really seen Mahomes angry at the refs, Andy Reid was angry at the refs. The Chiefs have used this moment also 
to kind of galvanize around themselves. Say, this is not the year that everyone's crowning us. This is not the year that it's going to be given to us. What do we do? I thought the Chiefs on Saturday night just dominated the Dolphins. Dominated. They came into their building and said, all right, this is this is the A-League. You're not in the A-League yeah. yet. Let's discard you. I think everyone that's kind of siding with the Bills right now, saying that this is the hot team. They've got the momentum. Remember, that one play would have swayed this entire narrative, and this game could have been an arrowhead. They go to Buffalo, where we'll mention throughout this week, they have not had a road playoff game with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback, mm -hmm. uh, other than the Super Bowl, which was a road game because it was against Tampa mm -hmm. in their building during a COVID year where people couldn't flock down to the, to the stadium. It was mostly locals from Tampa. So we'll see how they travel. They're the champions. They've done it. They've been through everything. But I can't stop but think of what could have been had Kadarius Toney not lined up <laughs> offsides. This generation of quarterbacks, uh, we see it with social media and, you know, seven-on-seven seven football when they're growing up. Like, they know each other earlier in life. They become friendlier. Sure. It's a lot less, like, innate yeah. hatred when you get to the NFL because they've been buddies since they were 12, 13 years old. Just curious about the Tom Brady, Peyton what? Manning comparison because, like, how long did we have to wait before we felt like we were solidified that that was a thing that we were watching in action? Do you guys have a working memory of the first sure. time, like, I was gifted the Manning Peyton rivalry or the yeah. Manning Brady rivalry? I think it, I mean, period. I think it was the, the, the Colts in the snow in Foxborough in the game that changed the rules of defensive football when you couldn't hold receivers anymore. And that <laughs> Colts team was unbelievable, unstoppable, and they just got completely mugged and lost. And the, look, the Mahomes. Allen, Manning, Brady comparison is like Brady dominated it for a long time. Like Mahomes was dominating the, in the postseason. And then finally Peyton got one, got to the Super Bowl, and then he got one at the end. But yeah. it wasn't this crazy back and forth mm -hmm. where you, it was Brady, Brady, Brady in the playoffs. And it's kind of been that way. It's been two only in the playoffs. But you have to flip the switch. Otherwise, it's like, God, I've lost this guy three times in the playoffs. It's a big yeah. deal. If I'm not mistaken, Brady's first ever start in the NFL was a blowout win over Peyton Manning. And that was when they were mm. real young. Um, but the historian in me goes where Kyle goes, where they would get to the playoffs and it was the Colts had all these records and all these numbers. Yeah. And, and sure enough, it would be Brady and it would be the defense, defense. putting the clamps on Peyton Manning. Mm. Uh, but to your point, they go to Lucas Oil or what at the time was the RCA yeah. dome or whatever it was called. They're down two touchdowns at halftime uh, and then the Colts find a way to, to, to win at the end. And it's yeah. you know, Dan Klecko and it's those guys finding a way. And then Marlon Jackson mm -hmm. has the interception at the end. So it took a while. It took till 2005 mm -hmm. for Peyton to finally get that one over Brady after starting in 98. It's taken a while for Josh Allen to beat mm -hmm. Mahomes yeah. in the playoffs, mm -hmm. and I think this is an opportunity mm -hmm. to do it. Well, mm -hmm. speaking of the defenses on both sides, we know the Bills are struggling defensively yeah. with injuries, and the Chiefs feels like they're humming on all cylinders, so the yeah. defense definitely could play a factor on both sides. Ian Rappaport, what's going on? Uh, speaking of injuries, particularly to the Bills' secondary, um, which I know we'll get to, but also let's hit coaching. Yeah, let's get to the coaching news here. A lot of, of on-field stuff to get to. The off-the-field stuff seems to be just as intriguing this morning. We'll start with the Mike Tomlin situation. I'm sure you guys saw the viral video of Mike Tomlin walking off the podium after a reporter asked him about his contract. After the game, Tomlin's not going to answer those questions. But in a team meeting, he did appear to answer those questions. According to colleague Mike Garofalo, he informed his team, don't worry about the rumors. Don't worry about whatever you read. He does plan on coming back. Tomlin has one year left on his deal. I would expect he and the team will address that this coming offseason or not. I'm not sure the contract status of Mike, Thomas matters. Mike Tomlin matters that much to him. Either way, he is expected to be back the 2024 season. So good news for the Steelers there. 
We also had some Jim Harbaugh news. The Atlanta Falcons interviewed the current Michigan coach yesterday. This a day after the Falcons interviewed Bill Belichick, which is still a very strange thing to say, but it actually did happen. And a day after the Los Angeles Chargers interviewed Harbaugh as well. Now, Harbaugh weighing a potential return to the NFL has now met with two teams. Michigan also trying to keep him there, making a run, doing negotiations, trying to make sure that the national championship winning coach stays in Ann Arbor. We also wait the status of two very successful, very good head coaches this offseason, despite their regular season record, because what happened in the playoffs, we are at least waiting to see what happens in their in their postseason meeting with their owners. First of all, Nick Sirianni with the Philadelphia Eagles went to the Super Bowl last year. Generally, this should be no question at all, considering what they've done, but it was a really tough end of the year. They had the defensive coordinator mess. Uh, he is expected to meet with owner Jeffrey Lurie at some point over the next couple days to mostly to solidify his plans for the offseason and see what happens next in Philadelphia. And then for the Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy is set to meet with owner Jerry Jones at some point over the next couple days. Also has exit interviews with his players. He has one year left on his deal. Generally, that means it is a time when teams decide what to do about a head coach. The Dallas Cowboys have led coaches played out in the past. Jason Garrett did it. So no firm word there on where the Cowboys are headed into the offseason. Thank you, Ian. We keep doing the mental math. I'm like, and now it's been how long since the Cowboys lost that game? And what are we waiting for? And what's the next step? Yeah. And a lot of questions surrounding that team. Rap sheet, thanks. Let us know if anything breaks. If it does, you can catch it all on NFL Plus. Stream the NFL Playoffs Super Bowl 58. Any show pretty much on NFL Network yep. on your phone or tablet. Stay connected throughout the offseason with special content from the Peter Schrager NFL Scouting Combine, the Peter Schrager NFL Draft, and so much more. So the come on Good Morning Football. Which factoid or storyline are you ready to not hear any more about in the divisional round? It's Whiteboard Wednesday. It's an undefeated segment. We'll also talk music at weddings. I promise it'll be fun. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Some people's favorite time of the week. It's Whiteboard Wednesday. Right. As I'm sure you've already heard, Sunday night Chiefs-Bills game between Patrick Mahomes will be first road playoff game. First true road playoff game. It's kind of a marvelous thing when you look at his career. There's a lot of nuggets or fun facts that you're going to read about this weekend, and then you're going to keep reading it and keep reading it. So we make a pledge right now. There's a fun fact from the divisional round that you vow to, even if you do reference, you do it with an awareness of, I understand this is overdone, mm -hmm. but, yeah. Peter. Nicely put. I just, I, we've been around on the carousel so many times. We've been we know Matt LaFleur worked for Kyle Shanahan. He did? We know. We know it. We know it. And when I say that, it's not to dismiss anyone who's going to go through because I think the history is really cool. There was spots in Houston. <laughs> there was Atlanta. There was other, I, I think it's a cool story. It's just that it's the same story that we did when the Packers lost to the 49ers a couple years ago in the playoffs and when the Packers lost to the 49ers the year before that in the playoffs. There is this student 
mentor type deal in that Kyle was the boss of, my, of Matt and then Matt gets the job. But like, we did this. Mm-hmm. Remember when Kyle, the upstart Niners team, goes into Lambeau mm-hmm. in the freezing cold and beats the number one seed Green Bay Packers a couple years? Like, we did it. We did it. We did it. So they've played a bunch in the regular season. They've played a bunch in the playoffs. Like, I'm good. Like, Matt LaFleur, it's got a new quarterback. There's a lot more things cool, interesting mm-hmm. about the Packers right now. Yeah. I, I know we're going to hit it. I know we're going to hit it a lot. And I know Saturday night, I assure you that it'll be mentioned during the broadcast one or two times. But but we know. We know. They love those pictures when they're really young. It's 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 fun and to show. Spot shadow them. We know. Yeah, it's fun. Oh yeah, the team photo yeah. with the spot shadow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 2013 Washington coaching staff. Even I've tweeted that photo out. Yeah. We get it. There's people other than the floor. There's right? others. Yeah. Are they famous now? The, McVay was maybe what? A, a the classic coaching spot shadow one is like the Belichick, and then they're saving with the Browns, and then yeah. there's like all those people that. And they're, they're always, they're always like standing like this in like the golf shirt, you know, like super. Serious. That's Kirk Ferentz. That's Kirk Ferentz. Um, <laughs> both those coaches you mentioned have a ton of playoff experience. If there's a narrative I don't want to hear in a division okay. round, is everybody talking about the lack of playoff experience, say, given rookie coach in D'Amico Ryans, say, given rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. You know how young this Packers team is? Jordan Love, this is his first time in the division round. His wide receivers, too, they're all rookies, first-year players. They've never been on a stage this big. Well, the Cowboys and Eagles, they have a ton of playoff experience. Uh, Everyone got blown out last week and are on vacation this week on some tropical island having a Mai Tai and having a blast probably doing so. I don't want to continue to talk about the lack of playoff experience. All right, the quarterback's young, the team's young. Who cares? Whoever plays better on game day is going to win the game. Enough with the playoff experience. It's great. We got Packers, Niners. You mentioned a little bit. I imagine that will be Burkhardt, Olsen. All right, guys, I got a nugget for you. Jason, read this for me, okay? What we got? Here you go. Ready? Read it out, Jason. All right. The Packers and a famous quarterback yes. before Jordan Love. Yep. Yes. There was a guy who played the same position for the same team. It, I get it. It's it's kind of like Peter. I get it. It's a massive deal that the we predecessor of Jordan Love was a very famous guy. I just we're, we're deep in the season now. It's January. It's This is not week one. This is not his first start at Lambeau. It's not his first start against the Bears. Not anything. Jordan Love has been incredible. Can you please just focus the lion's share of the attention, the conversation about Jordan Love and not Aaron Rodgers? Just please do it. And you're not, you know what's even what will really tickle your fancy? You know, before Rodgers, there was another predecessor who was very famous. as three in a row. And Love is uh, doing all this. <laughs> Love is playing better at this point in his career than Rodgers did or Favre did. Make it about that. You don't need the side-by-sides. You don't need the throwing motion, the release point, any of that stuff. Especially since Rodgers now is famous for so many things other than football. And, like, there's a lot of Rodgers already in the news. We don't need it in our Packers Niners. Rodgers could not beat the Niners. Maybe Jordan Love can. Make it about that, if anything. There was a famous quarterback before Love. I don't really need to hear about him in the context of this game. I'm good. You need it just as a straight shot. You don't need the you don't need the side shooter or anything. You no, just like just you make know. it Jordan Love. He's exactly. been awesome. Him. I don't care who was the quarterback last year. Topic was Perfect. such a Russian doll. It's like we're not going to reference these facts, but let's all go on a little bit and give you little nuggets yes. about it these was facts. Awareness. It's, it's really we have awareness for it, but we're not going to hammer it home. All right. So it's award season. I think uh, one of the fun things about award season is you, you watch the broadcast, but there's all this behind the scenes that goes on. So if you know the show, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's been on for 16 seasons. It's a great cast and characters. Rob McElhaney is one of the creators and stars of the show. His wife, Caitlin Olson, tweeted a selfie of the couple. She's also on the show during the Emmys on Monday night. 
Rob McElhaney is from Philadelphia. He went to St. Joe's, huge huh. Eagles fans. He's at the Emmys, yet he's missing Eagles Bucks. And essentially, the tweet was, the audacity for the NFL to schedule the Eagles game during the Emmy. Isn't mm -hmm. it? Ha ha, very funny. So there must be a pro sports event that you guys had to miss. And maybe what was the reason for missing it, Peter? Yeah, October 27th, the Jaguars played the Titans in the year 2016. I didn't see a snap of it. I like to oh, consider man. myself a little of an encyclopedia here. It was a Thursday night game, Jags-Titans, color rush, the whole deal. I didn't see one second of it. The reason is, October 26, 2016, I was on this show and I got a text from my wife saying I'm going into labor and I ran from this show to the hospital as she gave birth to our son Mel and I, it's the only game I have no recollection of in NFL history. Color Rush, Jags, Titans. Jags apparently took care of business, 38-7. to 7. You might have been in this game, McCordy. Might have been. Come on. Yeah, you were in that game, Jack? 2016, sure. yeah. You, you, were, you were in this game. I didn't see a snap of it, dude. Are you in the highlights? I don't know, that mustard <laughs> yellow from the Jaguars? Yeah. Uh, if I am, I'm making a play. Okay, yeah. that might have been you right Amen. there. I don't know. I think I can go back in history and tell you every game that I have been a part of Good Morning Football, I can at least give you one nugget from every game, especially those Thursday night games, that we would hype and treat as if they were the Super Bowl every week, our first see here on the show. Jags, Titans, my son was born. I didn't see a snap. I will lie if it ever comes up and be like, yeah, yeah I remember that game. Yeah. Yeah, McCordy was on the field. I think nice. the legacy of that was you got the text message and then completely disrespected the Which Guy Wednesday segment. It's true. I did. I bolted. And Come on. Dude, I left. That's so cool, Peter. Which Guy Wednesday? I mm. did, yeah. Which Guy Wednesday? Come on now. Like Come on, that. Peter. Still so, living that down. I'm, I just love that Mel Schrager. I was playing football when Mel Schrager was mm -hmm. on his way. So there it is. Uh, let's just keep the Titans going. I'm going to go 2017. You have recollection of this one? Peter Hell no. Every game. Hell no. This was Titans at <laughs> Browns week seven. You guys don't recall this no. game? Well, this game was special for me because the Titans cut me in 2016. So when you go to a new team and the team's on your schedule, you circle this game. But I got injured the Thursday in practice before oh. this game. Can you imagine, look at me, with the boot on, on the bench, just chilling, didn't okay. play in this game. And I missed just such a great game. The score was 12 to 9. There were seven field goals and four turnovers. So, you know, it was just a barn burner. And everybody had a blast in the stands, those that was there. But this was the game for me that I missed, and I just wanted to. I'm sorry, man. That's I, a tough I one. I just want you to get, like, redempt, like, there's got to be some movie where you get a chance to take that snap against the Titans. Mm -hmm. I did in 2018, and we lost. So. Okay. Uh, I mean, Browns, Titans, it's not always pretty. You know what I'm <laughs> Sorry, I love you. I'm glad you're here. Uh, January 14th, 2018. It was just about five years ago. I was sitting there holding my then two-year-old daughter, Evelyn, and it was about 7.30 at night, and I was trying to get her to sleep, and I'm rocking her and rocking her. I was watching the New Orleans Saints at the Minnesota Vikings uh -huh. in the playoffs, and I had to put her to bed. I had to put her down. Will Lutz makes a field goal for the Saints to go up 24 to 23. All right, so I go, okay, pause. All right, pause the game. I'll just come back, and I'll rejoin. I got to take her upstairs. I walk upstairs. Rock her, rock her. We're doing this and this. We're singing. We're like the music box. Put her down. Finally get her to sleep. As I'm mowing back downstairs, I have the game paused. I start doing what we all do. I am just start oh, shuffling through Twitter. And I start seeing people are freaking out. And I'm ah. seeing these tweets that are like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm like, what happened? What happened? Why, why is uh, Pete Prisco freaking out? I don't know whoever I follow. Why is Greg Rosenthal losing his mind? Well, because while I had the game paused... Stefan Diggs made a reception from Case Keenum and went down the sideline, and I missed the whole thing. Oh, wow. I unpaused it, and I got the real reaction of people screaming about this play. Now, remember, shortly before this, Sean Payton had done the skull chant yeah. to the Vikings fans. It's the same head coach. It was madness. <laughs> but I'm singing uh, 
part of your world from Little Mermaid to my two-year-old trying to get her to sleep. And Stefan Diggs was making probably the most exciting play of the 21st century. Yeah. And I missed it, but I saw it on Twitter. Unbelievable. I blew it. And the Vikings are like, rock-a-bye, Sean Payton. See you later. Exactly. I oh, missed it. Minneapolis great. miracle. Oh, so good. For reliving that. Also, why are the Titans involved in two of so the many. plays on that? Um, here yeah. we go. Nine years ago today, Bruno Mars... Reading this uh, prep for this question, I was like, this song is going to be stuck in my head now for 100 days. Um, so it was nine years ago today that Uptown Funk uh, became sure. Uptown Funk, a number one hit uh, on the Billboard charts. Staying in the top spot until late April, the song that will always get you on the dance floor, because apparently for some, it is Uptown Funk, Peter mm. would be. We got Peter Mustang Sally over there. What do you want to write down? <laughs> Proud Mary. Um, here we go. Uh, Any time. No matter if it's in a bar, if it's oh. at a wedding, if it's in a club, if it's in my living room. Club. If I see that man, Sean Kingston, and I hear that, somebody call 911. <laughs> I am on the dance floor right away. This is it. That's our guy, Sean Kingston. Shorty fire burning on the dance floor. Oh, 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 nothing, Jason. You can't even help me on this one. 911, fire burning. Here we go. Sean oh. Kingston, I'm on that dance floor, and I'm just happy. If, if you know, you know. Mm -hmm. That's what you know, it is. You know. Sean Kingston, the year was in 2009. It was a young Peter Schrager. It was a tan Peter Schrager. It was probably a 15 pounds lighter Peter sure. Schrager. And I was cutting up a rug anytime mm. I heard that song. New York City was never the same. I, I just want to. I want to be in the club with Peter Schrager yeah. when that comes on. Peter, oh nine. Would you? Did you have a plus one to that wedding? I'm trying to remember. Like, I was going stag. Oh, <laughs> that was it. That was it. That was oh it. wow. What a hey single lady. There was there. a fire burning. Hey now. Hey now. I love you, baby. Fire burning. I'm going with "We Found Love" yeah. by Rihanna and Go. Calvin Harris. This song came out. I was in college, and this was our song. We're getting ready to go out. You throw this one on. And lucky for me, last year, Rihanna was at the Super Bowl, and this is me performing with the kids <laughs> in my living room, trying to get them to go on, get them oh, going, wow. reliving my college days, showing the moves. They had absolutely nothing for me. Didn't want to bow to me. That's my youngest one on the dance floor. I was trying to kick her out of my shot. This was <laughs> She's trying. You're not having she it. She was trying. Get out of here. We found love. This is what we would play this in the dorms, get it going, and then we're going straight straight to the club, like Peter Schrager said. We found love. That's Jason, That's you're going to be able to watch Usher in person this year. Hopefully. Uh, That's so exciting. That is exciting. There's certain songs that are just obviously written for the occasion. You know there's that song, da 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 Hall of Fame. You yeah. know, they play that every yep. time there's a Hall of Famer. Or like, yep. you know, single ladies at a wedding. Anytime there's a bouquet toss, like, bring the single ladies out. I apologize for nothing, and you guys know I love this song. I will sprint to the dance floor, <laughs> out of the bar in line, just the second I hear it. I don't care. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. Once the P's start going, Dun, 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 dun. I'm, I'm out of here. Let's go. Please. Come on, Fergie. I, I, Come and, on, and then Fergie. she starts in there, and it's like, fill up your cup, drink, mazel tov. And I'm just, I'm sitting there, here we go, here we go. And I don't care how corny it is or how badly it's aged or anything. I love this song. It's corny. This no, song is, it, you play it, you know what you do? You put it at the beginning of the playlist because yeah. you're telling the people, uh, I got a feeling go. tonight's going to be a good night. And you're Come like, on. damn right. Will I am? And who's the other guy who's nobody's yeah. name knows? I don't, for, I, whoever he does <laughs> on the band, I don't know. Fergie and Will I am and that other guy. I got a <laughs> I feeling. That other guy. Tonight's going to be a good night. Laheim. I'm way, <laughs> way into it. I will go crazy on that song. I love it. You always hit the Laheim so strong. It's awesome. I love how you all went current. I thought we were going to Taboo. Deep cut. Taboo is that guy's <laughs> name? Yes, yeah, that guy. Right. I get the Google. Right. Got to get that. Wow. Wow. It's ironic. No one mentioned 
owns them. His name's Taboo, right? That, I got a feeling, is also the song that I feel like switches maybe from the uh, 80s, 90s music into like, we're going to start playing more current stuff. Because oh, I'm yeah. more of a uh, Kenny Loggins footloose kind of girl. Oh, like, okay. if I hear that okay. bump, 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 I'm just like, I sprint out of the line mm. as well. I oftentimes, that's when my high heels come off. Mm. The shoes come off at the wedding. Kevin Bacon tells a story that when he gets to weddings, he gives the DJ <gasps> money to not play footloose. <laughs> get it. And he says, here's 50 bucks. If someone comes up to you and offers you more, come back to me. I will, oh, I will beat the offer. Don't play Footloose at this wedding. He's talked about it on Howard. It's awesome. Kevin Bacon, let's start with 200. How about that? 50 yeah. bucks. Come on. The DJ would be like, <laughs> no, I'm playing. <laughs> <It> just <laughs> hand me 15. So good. Coming up, it was an early playoff exit for the Ravens last year. How do they avoid the same fate happening to them this mm. weekend? We're going to discuss that. Bum, 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 bum. Fill up my cup. <laughs> Drink. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Texans, uh, Ravens, it kicks off your divisional weekend. Let's go there first. Despite Baltimore being the one seed, Lamar Jackson doesn't have the best history in the postseason. He's one in three. He has yet to score over 20 points in a postseason game. It's remarkable. Lamar was asked about this, his playoff resume yesterday. Your four previous playoff games, the offense didn't score more than 20 points. How much more confident do you feel that this year's offense has the ability to put up the points you need to win in the playoffs? I'm very confident. Very, very confident. Extremely confident. <laughs> Extremely. Lamar's trying to get to the conference championship for the first time yeah. in his career. So how do the Ravens avoid another early exit, Peter, from the playoffs when history has not fared well for as good as this team may be? They've lost their last two home playoff games, too. I was in the building when they lost to the Chargers yeah. and Phillip Rivers, and then I remember yeah. watching when Derrick Henry's doing jump passes and throwing uh. touchdowns against them a couple years back in the in the divisional round when it was Lamar's MVP season. They're back at home. That's a proud fan base. They don't want to see them lose at home again in a playoff game. I look at it as they, they can't take the Texans for granted. That's obviously easier said than done. But when you come in as the number one seed and you come in as the veteran squad and they're the young upstarts, it's easy to think, well, back in week one, we kicked their butt. They're from the AFC South. They don't play in the AFC North like us. And, yeah, it's a nice story, and you beat the Browns, but you beat the Browns with Joe Flacco, a guy that we moved on from. I get it. I understand how it might feel. But I look at this Ravens roster, and I go through this. I was going through it before the show with a pen, and it's like, Lamar is, Lamar is going to be a Raven for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Odell Beckham's a free agent. Jadavian Clowney's a free agent. You're talking about guys like Justin Matabuke, who's been huge as a free agent. They have 20 different free agents. Kevin Zeitler's a free agent. A lot of veteran guys. Mm -hmm. This might be the last time that this group is together. And this group has been working so well, Cut. and the chemistry is there. How do you, do you look at it and say, you can't take anything for granted, and you can't take this one for granted for sure because the Texans have absolutely nothing to lose. I look at it and I say, it's our team, this 2023 Ravens, and it'll be a 2024 if they make it through this week, the following week, and then, of course, to the Super Bowl. 
it's one of one. It's a unique squad. We're never all going to be back together, mm -hmm. and we're not going to have the opportunity to do this. Let's not take this first one for granted. And gosh, if they lose, it's like I said this on Friday, going mm -hmm. about the mm -hmm. Cowboys and Packers. Like I don't know if I could show up to the show on Monday and talk about the Ravens on Monday because we've done this too many times with early playoff exits, mm -hmm. especially with Lamar at quarterback. And it's not necessarily even his fault. Yeah, the one thing constant with the NFL is change. So to your point, no roster is ever going to be the same, no matter how far you go in the playoffs. And you just said it, Lamar's one in three in his career in playoff games. And even as you look at those games, he hasn't thrown for over 200 yards in any of them except the blowout game against the Titans when they racked up a ton of yards late after that game was really out mm. of hand. But what I loved about when you hear Lamar is the confidence that he has. The only other time I see that level of confidence is my wife. If you ask her, does she think I'm going to forget something mm -hmm. that she told me the day mm -hmm. before? And she's like, absolutely. Very much so I'm confident in that. But the offense is totally different than what we've seen from Lamar throughout his career because it would be the thing that we would say about the Ravens. All right, they run the ball. We had Mark Ingram in there. They had the big trust, everything. Lamar's yeah, on yeah, the MVP yeah. run. And it's just like, but is this going to work? Is this going to get them to the Super Bowl? Because he's a guy that does so much outside the pocket. But this year, as you watch him, Todd Munkin comes in as offensive coordinator. There's weapons around him aplenty. We're watching Lamar just operate and just chill in the pocket. No rush, not scrambling around. Yes, he still has those attributes, and we still see those plays, and we're dazzled by him when he's able to do that. But for a lot of this season, we've watched him sit there and find guys like Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, whether it's Isaiah Likely or Mike, Mark Andrews that have been in the lineup, of Lamar just dicing them up and making throws mm. from the pocket because when we watch a guy holding up a Lombardi with the confetti yep. falling, it's always a quarterback that if he does run, he can do both. And I see Lamar and I think what he's done this year, as you look at it, has been some of his best numbers from the pocket this season where they rank throughout his career. I think that's the difference of this Ravens team and specifically the Ravens offense. And that's why Lamar has the confidence going in of we're going to score more than 20 points. We're going to be as prolific on offense as we have been all season long because we have the guys around us. He's not throwing to the same receivers that he's thrown to yeah. throughout his career where the game has been dominated in the run game. So I think for Lamar, there's so much confidence. I think that's the difference of why they're going to be able to win this year in the playoffs. I hear that. This is the first game of the weekend. First one up. It's 4.30 kickoff on Saturday afternoon for the Ravens. It's not 4.45. It's not 5 o'clock. <laughs> it's not 6 o'clock. We got to go and we got to get out of the gates. Let's play a game right here. Let's play closest to the pin. Okay. So the Ravens, I'm going to go Jamie, Jason, Peter. The Ravens have played four playoff games, as we've said many times with Lamar Jackson. Yes. Four games. How many points in those games have the Ravens scored in the first quarter? Think about it. You have four first quarters. That's 60 minutes of football. How many total points have they scored in the first quarter of those four playoff games? Jamie, what do you think? Four games. Uh, they didn't get to 20. I'm going to go zero. Zero. I'm going to say 14. 14 points total in the four games? Even the win against Tennessee, I remember that game. Khalif Raymond was playing for the Titans and was crushing mm -hmm. the Ravens yeah, at first. Like, what, why is Khalif Raymond killing the Ravens right mm -hmm. now? Um, I'm going to say three. Three points total. In four playoff games under this electric Lamar Jackson's guidance, in the first quarter they have scored zero points. <sighs> zero <laughs> points. Jamie was right. Look at this. Here's the four playoff games. After the first quarter, 6-0, 7-0. 10-0 in the game they won. Yeah, I remember that. And then 3-0. They don't get out of the gates. And they think it's, oh, it's not Lamar. Look at Lamar in the first quarter of playoff games. This is not the average. This is the total. Next, he's 9 of 16 total. He's thrown for 75 yards total in four quarters. <laughs> 
Oh, and two, he's not throwing a touchdown, obviously, and his passer rating is 28.9. What's going on here? I think it's especially damning for the Ravens because the Ravens, when they jump you early, you're like, it's a wrap. Like, they have an intimidation factor. They have a shock and awe. They have Lamar's faster than our scout team guy was. These linebackers can hit. They have the veteran coach. If they get up on you, they can put you away. They don't get up on teams, and they let teams hang. And you look at somebody like D'Amico Ryans or C.J. Stroud who looks up after the first quarter, and it's scoreless, or maybe they're up three to nothing. Like, all right, we just took the first round. It's fine. We can beat this team. They got to get out of the gates. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is because not all those are after a bye. Only one of them is. This one will be too. So it's not even necessarily the rust discussion. They don't start playoff games fast. They get behind. They're sloppy. They're like a days. Lamar is not good in the first quarter. And then they usually lose. You got to get out of the gates. You got, I, I don't, just give me three points. How do you not, any points, and Justin Tucker is your damn kicker. You can't yeah, get a field goal in the right? first quarter. Kick one from 60, he'll make it. I don't know if it's Harbaugh or Lamar or the collective group. They start really slow and they get beat. So when you watch this game at 4.30 Eastern, not 4.35 Baltimore, 4.30, mm -hmm. we need an early score from Baltimore. If you let Houston hang, you let Houston believe, and the repeating factor is going to happen again. Get out of the gate. Give me three points in the first quarter. We'll be progress. Come on. Speaking of letting Houston hang, I thought it was also great what Lamar said about C.J. Stroud, his awareness for how great he's been in his rookie season. Mm. 274 yards, three touchdowns, and Lamar said, he, from my experience, he's played a lot better than I did in my rookie game, which I think if he's aware of how good C.J. Sure. Stroud is, maybe the Ravens can hang as well. All right, the Packers are young. You know that. But they're really good. Peter, you got thoughts on it? I got some beef about the way we're talking about these Yes. Yeah. Ooh. All right, good. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.